leave today, you're going to get some invite cards. I hope and I pray that you're inviting people as, um, as the week goes on to come to this, uh, the ungrenching. Actually, it's one of the most anticipated Sundays of the whole year for not only our regular attendees, but there are people that will come to some of our uh, dramas and, and special services throughout the year, and they're excited about what's, ha what's happening next weekend. I need your help. We'll talk about it a little bit after my sermon, but I need your help inviting people. If you know people who are far from God that need Jesus Christ, get them here next weekend. My commitment to you as your pastor is I will give an invitation for them to come to the knowledge of Christ. Okay? So get those people that you know need Jesus in this room next weekend. And I'm telling you, God's going to do something special. Okay? Today we end a series. Um, actually, it's really not ending today. I think God is really wanting me to extend it one more week on December the 30th. He's laid a word on my heart. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about stolen on December the 30th also. But today, I want to talk about something that is a huge search that drives men and nations to great extremes. And it's the search for peace. Oh man, if we could just live in a peaceful world, right? Why is there so much turmoil? Why is there so much strife? Why are, are there wars? We're, America right now is still in a war. And we search for peace. And much of our time, our energy, our efforts, our resources, they are consumed trying to either find or keep peace with family members. Come on, this time of the year, we're just trying to keep the peace, right? Family members, friends, co-workers, neighbors, all of those types of people, we're just searching for this peace. We're, we're longing for this peace that we're desiring. And, and in all honesty, there's times that we don't keep that peace. There's times that we don't have peace in our life. And it's not because Jesus is not a peaceful God. It's because we allow the enemy to steal our peace. Our peace escapes us from time to time. It's almost like there's this constant war between our hearts and our minds. And it's this war of peace. But thank God that he had an answer for that. Do you know 700 years before Christ was born, there was a prophet by the name of Isaiah. And he wrote in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, he wrote down some of the things that this Messiah, this, this Jesus was going to become. Look at it on the screens with me. For a child would be born to us. We all know that child now, 700 years later when Christ was born, that child that Isaiah was talking about was Jesus Christ. A son will be given to us and the government will rest on his shoulders and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and listen, Prince of Peace. He's going to be the Prince of Peace. If you need peace today, if the enemy has stolen your peace away from you, I'm encouraging you to run to the Prince of all peace. Amen? Yes. Yes. Father, thank you. Thank you today that we can come and we can hear your word. We can glean from your word. This word is for me just as much as it is for anybody else. Use me. I can't do this without you. Touch lives. Change hearts today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Did you know that the enemy will do whatever it takes to steal your peace? Come on. You can have a great week. A great week. And on the way to church... I'm preaching. Amanda, I am preaching. 
on the way to church, you're like, how does a possession, how can those kids be possessed like that? You know? And they're fighting and arguing and you're going, I thought the little breakfast was so good. It was so good. You ate your Pop-Tart and now you are arguing. And by the time you get into the church, you have to repent for slapping your child. You know what I'm talking about. You know exactly what I'm talking about. But the enemy is always trying to steal our peace through life circumstance. We kind of talked about the whole month. We've talked about that the whole month, this month. But we have to know where our peace comes from. See, your peace don't come from your paycheck. Your peace doesn't come if you go down to the Nissan dealership and you buy a new car. That, that actually robs your peace because now you have 84. You know, you know you in that thing for 84 months. You've got 84 payments of 607.26. Things that we think would bring peace, they actually steal our peace and through life circumstance and maybe deaths in the family or tragedy strikes and, and we, we really get robbed of our peace from the enemy but God says that He is the source of peace. Turn your Bible to John chapter 16 verse 33. This is where it will get good for us today. He says this to his disciples. He says, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. So where do I find my peace at? Do I find my peace in this world? Absolutely not. See, all these people in the news stations, it don't matter what station you choose and you turn to or what you watch, they're all looking for a man to bring the world peace. Man's not going to bring the world peace. There's only one man that can bring this world peace, and his name is Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ. These things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. Listen to what he says. In the world you will have tribulations. Well, thank, thank you, Jesus, for such an encouraging word. I appreciate that. So what he's saying, while you're living in this world, you're going to go through tribulation. You're going to go through things that you don't want to go through. There's going to be times in your life that the peace of God is, is tempted to be robbed from you. But here's what Jesus says to follow up that. He says, in this world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. In other words, quit worrying. You've got to be happy. They wrote a song about that back in the 80s, I think, right? I would start whistling, but I don't know if I'd mess it up or not. But it said something like this. Dun, 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 dun. Worry. See, you ain't even in it. Golly. Listen, bring out the music. Let's dismiss this place. So you, don't worry. you got to be happy. Here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, be of good cheer. In this world, you're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Here's why. Because I have overcome the world. The very thing that is attacking you and robbing your peace, I've overcome that. When you allow the enemy to steal your peace, you turned your back on peace. Quit turning your back on the peace of God. Grasp the peace of God. Hold on to the peace of God in your life. Don't let go of the peace of God in your life. But the key, honestly, in this verse is me being in Him. I've got to be... How do I have peace in my life? I've got to be in Him. In other words, I have to have a personal relationship with Christ Jesus. It's one of the things that the enemy does not want us to have. Now, I know what some of you may be thinking. Man, this is a little elementary today. It may sound elementary, but it is profound. It is profound. Because how do I get Christ in me? I'll tell you how. you got to read His Word. 
You've got to spend time with Him. If you think spending time with Him means coming to church on Sunday morning and spending an hour to an hour and a half in His presence, you crazy? He wants full custody of your life. He don't want visitation rights. What's wrong with you coming into church just one time a week for an hour and lifting up the name of Jesus and not talking to Him for the rest of the week? I can tell you why you don't have peace if that's your routine. But I'll tell you, a man or a woman full of peace is a man or a woman full of the Word of God. A man or a woman who is longing to get in the presence of God through His Word. See, this is something that's key to having a close relationship. I'm not just talking about a relationship with the church. I'm talking about a relationship with Jesus Christ. This Bible right here that I hold in my hand is having that relationship with Christ. But most people don't read or obey their word. Are y'all with me today? I'm not here to beat you up. I'm here to encourage you. I'm here to tell you to pick up your word and do what's right. When you're down and out and the enemy's tried to rob your peace, go to the scriptures and get your peace back. Amen? It's in the word of God. Psalm chapter 19, verse 165, 119, 165 says this. Those who love your instructions have great peace and do not stumble. Now, isn't that a pretty powerful scripture? Those who love your instructions. In other words, those who love your word. Those who get into your word. Here's what they do. They have great peace and they do not stumble. I don't know about you, but I want to live that type of life. I want to live a life of full peace where I don't have to stumble and, and go through the motions and, and, and I, I'm on this spiritual roller coaster all the time. I'm up one minute and I'm down the next and I'm up one minute and I'm down the next. You say, how do I get it where when life goes down, I continue to stay up? I'll tell you how. You've got to get in the Word of God. It's the Word that brings peace into your life. Because the truth is, if we don't watch it, the enemy will try to rob us of loving his instructions. How many of you has got people in your life? Raise your hand when I say this. How many of you has got people in your life and, and literally they tell you what you don't want to hear? Anytime. You just call because you want to have a pity party. Everyone deserves to have a pity party. My goodness, you religious spiritual something that I'm calling. Could you not just agree with me for two seconds and then bash me? Right? See, the enemy wants you to surround yourself with people that will tell you what you want to hear. Oh, it's okay to be uh, 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 get offended. It's okay to not forgive those people. It's okay to, to hold a grudge. It's okay. It's okay. See, that's the enemy's words. A true friend will say, hey, you better pick it up. Because the Bible says if you don't forgive, you can't be forgiven. Come on. Now that's textbook right there. See, a lot of people that hoard unforgiveness in their life and bitterness and hurt and hatred in their life, they just don't know the Word of God. Go to Matthew chapter 6 and start reading. When you get to the bottom of that Lord's Prayer, you'll literally start seeing where Jesus said, if you do not forgive people their trespasses, the Father in heaven cannot forgive you your trespasses. Now that's tough right there. See, but let me tell you, unforgiveness is of the enemy. Unforgiveness will rob you of your peace. Offense will rob you of your peace. Grudges, holding grudges will rob you of your peace. You think it's helping you, but it's not helping you. It's hurting you. 
the hurt and the bitterness and the anger and all of these things that you feel. And honestly, in, wor- in the world's perspective, you have every right to feel. But we don't live by the world's perspective. We live by the Word's perspective. Are y'all with me? Life is tough. Look at your neighbor and say, life is tough. Life is tough. It's so tough. It's a constant battle between spirit and, 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 and the flesh. Have y'all ever battled with your flesh? Golly. Every day, this preacher, every day has to put his flesh into subjection to Christ. But the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on things of the flesh. When you start living according to the flesh, you're going to set your mind to things of the flesh. I believe that's verse 5. It goes on to say, and, and if you set your minds on the things of the Spirit, you will live according to the things of the Spirit. See, there's this war going on. And it's flesh versus spirit. But listen to verse uh, 6 in Romans chapter 8. Look at this. For to be carnally minded is death. Listen, there's, there's no peace in death. When you die spiritually. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. I choose to live in a spiritual mindset. I choose to not allow... Let's go back to week one, two, three. And now we're in week three. I choose to not allow the enemy to steal my faith or to steal my joy or to steal the peace of God that surpasses all understanding in my life. The truth is, those are great statements from the preacher on the stage because that guy is supposed to give you inspiration and that guy is supposed to tell you what you can do. But I want to tell you, this guy's telling you today, we all need help. We need help to do all this stuff. We need help. Jill, you hush. I don't know about you, but I need help. Hush. Right? She could probably say, A to the man. Right? Amen. We all need help. Now listen to this text. I know I'm kind of bouncing around today, but it all ties in together. John chapter 14. Turn to John chapter 14 with me. Verse 26 and 27. Listen to what it says. But the helper, the helper, who is the helper? The Holy Spirit. The helper, the Holy Spirit. Now let me, let me just go on a tangent just for a minute. Because we don't think the Holy Spirit's cool enough to be in our little churches anymore. Are y'all with me? The Holy Spirit takes up too much time. We need more of the Holy Spirit. We, we need the power of the Holy Spirit to fall. Some of you need delivered. You know how you're going to get delivered from that addiction? Or that what, whatever you're, you're struggling with? By the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the infilling of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit moving within us, all through us. We need the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is our helper. I think it's the King James that calls it the comforter. The Holy Spirit is the comforter, right? I know some translation says the comforter, but He is our helper. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things. He's going to teach you all things. Well, I don't understand why I'm having to go through this. It's just rob my peace. Well, go to the helper. He'll help you understand all things. He's got your back. He's the Holy Spirit. 
He's going to teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things I said to you. Now let's, let's stop on that just for a minute. He's going to bring to remembrance all the things that he has said to him. Now all of the things that he's talking about to the disciples is now the written, holy, inspired word of God that we read every day. He says, look, I'm going to bring to remembrance. Have you ever been in a situation to where you don't have your Bible around and, and, and you're at work or maybe you're, you're at the grocery store or wherever you're at and you're going through just something little right then and you've got all these emotionals, uh, emotions happening and then all of them automatically something drops in your spirit and you remember a scripture? You couldn't quote it. You couldn't say, hey, Romans chapter 8, verse 6. You don't know where it's at, but, but all you hear is you are the head and not the tail. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Have y'all ever been in those situations? That's the Holy Spirit. That's Him bringing to remembrance the things that He has said to us. And then verse 27 is a powerful text. Listen to what He says. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. My goodness gracious. Jesus Christ is not an Indian giver. And that's not a racial slur, okay? I'm just saying he's not going to give you one thing and take it right back. Oh, well, you, oh, okay, so you're not, oh, yeah, you missed church last week. Give me your peace. Oh, there was ice on your trees. Give me your peace. You didn't show up to church. That's not Jesus. He said, my peace I give to you. If you don't have peace, it's only because you haven't received it. Because it's freely given to you. Am I making any sense today? Not as the world gives to you, do I give to you. I'm not giving this to you the way that the world would give this to you. Let not your heart, this is a great thing. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. See, because that's the opposite of peace. Anxiety, worry, fear, fear. See, true peace is nothing but the result of the Holy Spirit living in your life. The Holy Spirit living in your life. Peace is a reflection of His presence in me. If I'm living in the presence of God, if I'm desiring the presence of God, if I'm living a life to where the presence of God lives in me, I will have perfect peace. It doesn't mean things won't happen in your life. Things are going to happen in your life. All it means is He's going to give you the peace to go through the things that are happening in your life. Some people asked me the other day, I was studying uh, some scriptures with some other pastors and we were talking about the peace subject and, and one of the pastors asked me, he looks at me and he says, now let me ask you because I'm, I'm kind of a, my wife may say different at home, okay, uh, but I don't know. I'm, I'm always the, the optimist. I'm always saying, come on, it's okay. She'd be like, River's sick. I'm like, it's all good. He'll be healed in the name of Jesus. Pack the car, we'll go to urgent care. You know? I mean, it's just, it's, it's some of those things. I'm always trying to be positive. And somebody told me the other day, or they asked me the other day, they said, what's, what's some of the toughest things as a pastor? What's the toughest season you've ever been in? Where the enemies tried to rob your peace. And I go, huh, this one. This season I'm in right now. 
they were all shocked. They were all shocked because in the season that we're in right now as a church, I'm going to tell you something. We better enjoy this season. We're going to look back and remember this season that we're in. But if there's anything that the enemy has tried to do over the past three or four months in my life, it's what I've preached about the last three weeks. He's tried to steal my faith. He's tried to steal my joy. He's tried to steal my peace. When you're, when you're in the middle of a building project, I talked to one guy one day and he said, how are you doing? I said, man, I'm doing good. He said, no, Jamie, how are you doing? Because I've built a building before. I've went through a building program at the church before as a pastor. How are you doing? I said, man, I'm doing good. He said, let me ask you one more time. How are you doing? I said, okay, I'm struggling, man. It's tough. It's tough because you're working with this person and that person and these people are not happy and that people. And I'm not talking about church people. I'm just talking about different people that you have to work with within the community that's doing part of the project. And you're sitting there and you're going, wow, man, I just don't know. Where's my peace at? I'll tell you where the peace is. When I get back into my office and I shut everything down and I open up my Bible and I say, God, I can't do this anymore. This is a joyful time in our church. This is a peaceful time in our church. I have to have faith for these people. We have to move forward in this project. This is all you, God, devil. You have to flee. Amen? Yes. This takes me to my last scripture. It's this, Philippians chapter 4. Be anxious for nothing. This is the text that after I had some of those conversations and I went back to my word and I began to study and just kind of read through the word, I remember this scripture. This is one of those that just kind of pop in your spirit from time to time. And Philippians chapter 4 says, Be anxious for nothing. Why are you worried, man? Everything's going to work out. Everything's going to work out. I don't know if you're like me or you're driven like me. Everything just has to be in place. Am I the only one? Where's my OCD brothers and sisters at out there? Yes, you better raise your hand on the front row. Thank you. And when they're not, I just get anxious. Just, man, why is this not like that? Ah, man, I want this like that. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything. Not just some things. Paul's saying, look, in everything, but, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Be thankful for the season that you're in. Be thankful for what God is doing in your life. Be thankful. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to your prayer partner, to your mentor, to your counselor. No. He said, let your requests be made known to God. And then verse 7 is the kicker. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. If there's anything that I've needed in the season that I'm going through right now, it's just a guard around my mind and my heart. It's just a guard around my mind and my heart. And when I begin to get anxious, when I begin to go through some things that, that will bring that anxiety in my life or some doubt or fear or worry, I have to turn around and give it over to God through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Falling on my knees, being thankful. God, I don't understand this right now, but you understand this. And I pray, Jesus, right now in your name that you'll give me the, all the peace that you want me to have. The peace that surpasses all understanding. It's those types of prayers that liberate us. 
So these texts, this text right here, all this text is saying is despite all of the things going on around you, you still have peace. All the things going on around you, you still have peace. It reminds me of the story we talked about about six weeks ago. Remember when I had little John Boat up here? Y'all remember that sermon? Had little John Boat on the stage. We was talking about the text in the book of Mark. I think it's chapter 4. My memory serves me correct. We were talking about the winds and the waves of life. And here they are and they're beating up against the boat. But what's the first thing that Jesus stood up in that boat? Up, got up out of the bottom of the boat. Come up and said one word. What did he say? Peace, comma, be still. And the winds and the waves died down. And the disciples said, who is this? In other words, their mind was blown. I want to tell you something. When you're in the midst of anxiety, when you're in the midst of stolen peace out of your life, call upon the name of Jesus and Jesus will blow your mind. And honestly, that type of peace, that's my prayer for you today. Peace. Be still. That's what I pray over everybody in this room. Peace. Be still. It's all good. God's got you covered. Amen. Let me pray with you real quick. Father, thank you for this word. We receive it in our hearts right now. God, if there's anybody in this room that is dealing with a lack of peace and they're a believer in you, I pray, Jesus, that you will, you will give them that peace that surpasses all understanding in their life right now. God, we pray peace down in this room. Peace. 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 Some of you, you just need to reach up and you need to grab that peace that God has for you. You know exactly who you are. You need peace. You need peace in your marriage. You need peace in your financial situation. You need peace in your financial situation. There's somebody in this room, you're going through a financial struggle right now. You need some peace. Let God, let God, the God of all peace, the Prince of Peace, bring that peace into your life that surpasses all understanding. There's also some people in this room, you don't have peace in your life because you don't have Christ. You are not in Him. You know exactly who you are. You've been living your own life. I'm not going to, to drag this thing out. You know exactly who you are. You need Jesus in your life. You need to repent of some sins and get things right with God. If that's you, would you just slip up your hand? Nobody's looking around. Every head's bowed, every eye's closed. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Anybody else? Keep them up. Yes, thank you right there. Thank you right up here. Anybody else? You say, that's me, Pastor. Pastor Jamie, I need the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. I'm confessing. Yes, thank you right there. Yes. Let me pray this prayer with you just real quick. Say this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I confess my sins to you today. Allow the peace that surpasses all understanding to flow over my life. Become the Lord of my life. And use me from this day forward in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give God a big old hand clap. He's good. He's good. You guys go ahead and come on up. I've got a couple coming up just real quick to share their testimony. But how many of you know people that needs the type of peace that we said today? How many of you know somebody? Keep your hands up. 
How many of you know somebody, they need that peace? Here's my question. What are you going to do about it? If you know they need it, what are you going to do about it this week? That's why I got these people up here. I want them to share their story just real quick about what God has done in their life and how they came to Compassion Church. And I believe that you're really going to enjoy it. So this is Garrett and Allison. So go ahead. Answer and um, it just kind of made me question things um, big time. I just questioned a lot of things in life, um, and I was fortunate enough to have a moment where I, I, I felt him. It was almost like God was kicking me in the rear and saying, "Hey, you know, you need to wake up and you need to turn your life back to me." And um, so I did, but I still didn't still wasn't living for him. I was more living for myself, living for the flesh. Um, and we hadn't placed roots anywhere. We had went to church with friends, family, but didn't have a home. And uh, one of my friends, Jessica Dudley, had persistently give me a call, shoot me a message, hey, come check out Compassion, you know. And uh, finally we did. And as soon as we stepped out of the car, immediately Josh Cannon came up and he was like, hey, how are you guys doing? It's so good to see you. And, and I looked at him and it's like, do you know him? And you know, he's, no, do you know him? And, and that was kind of the reaction all the way into the building. And everyone was so welcoming and just loving. And um, we made it through the service and we hadn't left. We, we didn't go anywhere else. And... Um, this has became our home, and you guys have became our family. And um, you know, there's nothing more rewarding than during the week our kids asking, "Can we go to church today?" And to watch our seven-year-old sit there and tell her friends about the Lord. I mean, there's nothing better than that. Um, so you know, that one invite it can change somebody's life. Um, now I felt like we were great people. You know, we've got it made. We're we're good, but. Um, until we came here, until we really started living for the Lord, um, that's when everything just started falling into place. Amen. Amen. Give it up for him today. Yes. And Allison is now part of our worship team, which she sang a song today. Wasn't that amazing? Man, she's such a great singer. And Garrett is part of our prayer teams. He was actually part of the prayer team in the first service today. And we're just so grateful and thankful for them and uh, not just getting invited to church, but coming and being part of the church and now getting involved in the church. That's what we're looking forward to with all of the new people. Some of you are here today and this may be your first time. They had that same experience and they're here today and they're now serving and giving their life over to God. Man, it's just amazing. Give it up for them just one more time. Thank you all so much. If you would stand to your feet, we're going to do something special today just because next week is Christmas and um, one of the things that we do three times a year is we really encourage all of you guys to go all out and invite people to church and today our prayer team is going to come on down and we're going to do something a little bit different than normal. There are communion tables set up here so we are going to partake in communion if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. 
you feel led to come and, and honor Christ and remember Christ for what he did for you here in a moment. After we go through this special prayer time, you can go, come up to the tables. We'll take a couple minutes where people can do that and honor Jesus Christ. We didn't want to finish or, or forget that today. Also, there's prayer partners up here. They're going to be praying for people after the special prayer time and moment. A lot of you was not able to be here last weekend. We gave these cards out. How many of you actually filled one of these cards out and turned it in last week? Yes. Those of you that's got your hands in the air. Those of you that did not, these cards have purpose. This is a place where you can write down the people that you're going to personally invite to come to be part of our services next week. And hopefully when they come, they give their life to Christ. That's, that's our goal, okay? So if you didn't fill out one of these cards last week, I want you to go ahead and get that pen that you got when you came in. And I want you to start writing some names down. Write families down. We've got some good bait next weekend. We're going to have a lot of great fun up here on the stage. Our kids are going to be up on the stage. The Grinch is going to be here. It's going to be an awesome experience, awesome time. We want you to invite your friends, your family members, your co-workers, all the people that you come into contact with. Tell them to come. If they don't have a home church, if they have a home church, don't drag them from their church to come to our church. We want you to get people that are unchurched people to come. Okay, so please write those names down. You can come here in a moment. You can drop it on the stage and I will get these and pray over them this week. These are the cards that I got last week. If you filled out a card or if you know that you're going to be inviting someone to come to this coming weekend services, the 23rd or the 24th, would you step out of your seat and stand up here with me? Because I want to pray a special prayer over you. If you know you're going to be inviting somebody, yeah, go ahead. Come on, come on, come on. It only takes a few people to start moving, then everybody will move, right? So if you're going to invite someone personally to come to one of our services next weekend, either Sunday or Monday, I want you to come. Y'all go ahead and bunch up right here in the middle. Go ahead and bunch up right here in the middle. Anybody else, you say, hey, look, I will be personally inviting some people to come and participate. Maybe it's your mom or your dad, your grandparents, whoever it is. If you're going to be inviting people, I want you to come and stand. Y'all go ahead and push in just a little bit. This side's a little weak, so are y'all going to be inviting people or not? <laughs> it's funny. People start moving and coming down. Great. I'm going to try it again. This side is a little bit weak. Just kidding. But honestly, even if you're sitting there and you're going, man, I just don't know, or maybe you're sitting there and going, I'm going to invite people, but I'm not going down there. It, it's that step of faith. It's that step out of your seat to just go, God, I'm committing to this. I'm going to invite some people to come and be part of this service, and I'm going to believe, not just that they come to a church and have a good time. I'm going to believe that they give their life to you. So if there's anybody else, you can come. I'm sure that they're... There are. You can pray right there in your seat. I just want to pray over these people today because I believe that, that you need wisdom. I, I'm going to pray for a great and effective door to be opened to you this week. That you're sitting there and you're kind of stressed out and you're wondering how you're going to open up the conversation. I'm going to pray that God opens up that conversation for you this week. Okay? I want to read just a little bit of the cards that we got in. Uh, this person is praying for their mom and their uncle. We're believing that mom, I don't know mom and uncle's name, but Jesus does right? So we're praying for mom and uncle. I love this one. This is a grandma and grandpa. This person looks like a kid's handwriting. They're praying for their grandma and grandpa. We're praying for those people. Here's another mom and dad. Here's a mother and my dad, my kids, my kids and my grandparents and my brother, my brother. Okay. So that's a good prayer request there. Here, here's one, their son that is in jail, their son that is in jail. We actually mentioned this last year. This particular request 
wish that the jail could see our service in the jail. So we need to figure that out. My brother right back here, maybe you can help us figure that out. Brother Corlew. Uh, back here, grandparents. Here's another one right here. Friends on Facebook. I want you to know that we're going to be pushing a lot of stuff on social media this week. We need your help. Okay? I want you to share thing that you see Compassion Dixon post this week because you have friends that we don't, okay? And in this culture, social media actually reaches people. Rather than calling them on a the phone, they'd rather have an invite through social media. Here's one that says, my husband, my husband, I am praying for this lady's husband in Jesus' mighty name. Here's another one that says, my son on drugs. We're praying that this son that is on drugs will come to the knowledge of Christ and receive deliverance from our Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ. Amen. Another son and daughter, stepdaughter, nieces and nephews, and a couple of my best friends. Father, we thank you so much for all of the requests made known to us. God, there are hundreds of names represented right here in these cards that I hold. And I pray, Jesus, that you will give each and every person in this room the boldness God, like I said, a great and effective door, I pray, is opened unto them. God, that your will will be done in people's lives. That people right now that would say, I will never step foot in a church, will walk into this church next weekend. And not only walk into this church, but they'll hear the gospel message. And they'll respond to that message. And they'll become saved people through Jesus Christ. God, thank you for every person who is willing, every person who is obedient to do what you've called them to do. Walk it out in us this week. Let us be witnesses. God, your word says in Acts chapter 1-8 that we've received power after the Holy Spirit has come upon us. And that power, Jesus, is not just so we can shout and run around. Your word says in, in Acts 1-8 that that power is to be witnesses. That's so that we can witness about you to other people. God, we take off all the selfishness. We put on everything that you would want us to be this week. And we ask that you open up doors for us that no man can open. And open up doors that no man can shut. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Come on, give God a big hand clap. Woo! My goodness. Here's what I want to do. Those of you that are up here, you can, if you brought cards, you can lay cards up here on the altar. Our altar team is up here if you need extra prayer this morning. And our communion tables are open. They're going to sing us another song. God bless you. I'm praying for you this week. Invite, invite, invite. God bless you. Amen.